I'm Arthur Falls, and this time on the Internet Computer Weekly, I'm joined by Austin Fathery, the founder of the recently minted IC Devs nonprofit. Thanks for joining me, Austin. I'm so glad to be here. To start us off, can you tell us a bit about your background and how you came to the Internet Computer? Sure. Well, I have always sort of been interested in currency and money and trying to solve the problem of money and the problems that money causes. And I've been doing some research on some very sort of philosophical topics and ran across the Bitcoin white paper. And when I read it, it kind of had everything that I needed to do some crazy ideas that I had. And that led me down a long path that led to Ethereum. And I tried to build some things on Bitcoin, didn't work. Ethereum came along. Okay, I can build now. No, it's not scalable. Okay, what is scalable? And through trying to accomplish a number of different projects around currency and governance of currency and things like that, I ended up at some hackathons. And at one of these hackathons, I got recruited to do blockchain as my real job, to do it professionally. And I went and helped a company get launched. And that company was an early investor in Definity. And so I got to be pretty close to what was happening, not as close as we would have liked. And things took a little longer than anyone expected, but we had some early access and that was cool. And the more I learned about it, the more I realized that it solved a large number of the problems that I needed solved. And that a lot of my work was in enterprise software development and I saw a lot of the problems that decentralized tech had were being solved by the internet computer. So once it launched and I was able to really get into the code, I was predisposed to like the tech with what I had seen over three years or so. And it just confirmed that it actually worked, that they had actually pulled off this really amazing feat. And here I am now doing the internet computer full time. Can you explain to us what IC Devs is and the reason that you came to develop IC Devs as this nonprofit? Sure. So there are all kinds of organizations that you need in an ecosystem. And we obviously have the Definity Foundation and we have the Internet Computer Association. They're both Swiss foundations. And as I was looking at the landscape, it occurred to me that there was not a US based entity that could be a focal point for nonprofit-like activities. Nonprofits in the U.S., 501c3 corporations, have a lot of tax advantages. We like to have citizens lead things as opposed to waiting on the government to get things done. And so we have some advantageous laws because of that. So that was sort of one reason was there was an opportunity. And the other was that I wanted to be in the middle of what was going on. I wanted to have a good reason to meet everyone in the ecosystem and to be a connector. It's one thing that I really felt like I was good at it in my past companies was bringing people together and creating relationships and letting serendipity happen. And so this seems like a really good entity to do that and to pull that community together and make things go faster because we have a strong community. I like that example you cite of the desire for citizens to take the lead rather than rely on the government in the US, because that's exactly the mentality that I read into the formation of a not-for-profit that actually develops infrastructure and, I guess, less productizable or less profit-driven 
projects on the IC because traditionally we'd associate these with the core founding team. But of course, with so much on their plate, do we really want to wait for the Definity Foundation to get around to building Matoko libraries, et cetera? Exactly. And there are a lot of things that we want those folks to focus on. They are an incredible set of scientific researchers and technologists that are going to make this thing go and go fast. On top of that, we want to build a lot. They can't build the infrastructure and build on top of it and support the community and, 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 and. If they try to do all of this, they will probably not do a very good job at the core building of the infrastructure and what makes the thing go. So our community is made stronger. And there are a number of opportunities where, especially with a brand new language like Matoko, there's a bunch of just down in the mud, gross work that if you go to try and tell a VC that you're going to port a bunch of already existing open source libraries to a new language and ask them to finance that, they're going to look at you funny. And you know, you're not going to be able to raise money to do that. And so having a group that can do that kind of work and can raise money for that kind of work and to accomplish those kinds of tasks, I think is really important. This is where IC Devs comes in. But what I'd like to get an understanding of is what infrastructure in particular needs to be built, what libraries need to be ported, by way of example, and then also how this is all funded. Sure. So first part of that is there's just some obvious things. Our first bounty was released a couple of days ago, and it is to simply have someone create a project template for React Native integration with the internet computer. Right now, there's some issues with that because of Android's JavaScript engine and this, that, and the other. And a couple people have gotten it to work, but nobody's pulled it together into one package so that the next 50 developers don't have to do that same work. That's an example. Library-wise in Matoko, compression algorithms, basic crypto algorithms, file manipulation algorithms like a PNG encoder, a video encoders, decoders, things like that, that would let you do cryptographically secure things inside of the internet computer. They just don't exist. You can use Rust, but you've got to sell out to Rust. And even on the Rust side, your Rust libraries, if they go over the cycle limit, you're stuck because you didn't write the software and you don't know how to convert the software to run in small chunk sizes that will work with the internet computer. So there's a lot of heavy lifting that needs to occur for some of these long-running tasks to be converted into a, not only a language like Matoko, but a framework that runs inside of a decentralized, consensus-based computing platform. So that's the libraries. Who's funding it? Anyone who wants to. Anyone who needs this and doesn't want to have to focus on it. We're looking to the community initially to raise that money. We're trying to draw in some momentum. We've been talking to some of the other foundations out there about opportunities. Nothing's on the table yet, but we think with community support, it'll be a lot easier. And then ultimately, once the enterprise wakes up, and we can't rely on this yet because it hasn't woken up and the tech's not there yet, but once the enterprise wakes up, hopefully this organization will be there to take advantage of the opportunities that corporations have to contribute to nonprofits and to get a lot of value out of this organization 
that helps the enterprise in a tax-advantaged way. So there's something I want to go back to about the chunking of computation and executing these computation in chunks that correspond with blocks and exactly how that works. But before we get there, I'm trying to think about the tax benefits to, say, a large ICP holder contributing to IC devs, because obviously if you contribute a bunch of ICP, you can write down the present day value of that ICP. I'm not 100% sure how the tax benefits work in the States and internationally. Do you have any specifics to enlighten us with on that subject? Sure, we can talk in a couple different ways about that. First of all, if you've made a bunch of money this year on ICP and liquidated it, you need to talk to your tax accountant about how you're going to handle that. This is for U.S. citizens. We're a U.S. nonprofit. We're tax advantaged for U.S. citizens and U.S. corporations. So if you're going to make a bunch and you know you're going to have to write a big check to Uncle Sam, talk to your tax accountant, have your tax accountant get in contact with us and we'll talk to them about it. You're going to have to write a check. Some of that check might as well come to us, right? And uh, you can do that either donating cash or donating liquid ICP. Individuals, I think it's up to 40%. Corporations, up to 30% of your income. You can divert away from Uncle Sam to this organization that will, if you've made a bunch of money on ICP already, benefit what you likely have as a long-term locked-up stake for most investors out there in ICP that were early investors. You've got some of this ICP that doesn't unlock for four years, and hopefully this organization will do everything it can to make sure that that ICP that unlocks in four years is significantly more valuable than it is now. That's what we're hoping to do. That's the immediate need. The second way is through the token mechanism of the network nervous system where you get this maturity that comes off. If you're worried about just the pain in the rear end that dealing with that is going to be, and you really are, you know, you're eight, you're a gang and you're bought in and, you know, looking way, way down the road, then you can dedicate your neuron to our organization and we can take that maturity off of your hands so you don't have to worry about it. And you keep the underlying ICP and the maturity comes to us. And there's different ways to cut that pie, but that's the basic concept. Those are the two basic ways that we can deal with the tax stuff. I am not a tax expert, so you definitely need to talk to your tax advisor. They can get in contact with us anonymously. We don't know how much ICP you have or any of that. We'll just talk to your tax accountant and they can tell you what you should and shouldn't do. It makes sense because we've got these, you know, definity run super foundations, but none of them really understand the pressures of scarce resources, I guess. And that fundamentally affects the ethos and the culture of an organization. And I feel like that culture of excess is something that precludes a certain way of thought that IC devs with its scrappier, more grassroots nature is much better positioned, possibly you know, the only way that any organization can be positioned to achieve what it can achieve. Absolutely. And you know, we have short-term goals and long-term goals. Long-term, we think this organization can grow into something like a Linux foundation that can steward very large public infrastructure projects that are built on the IC. But right now, there's so many little small things that need to get done. Definity is doing a wonderful job handing out these you know, $25,000 grants. There's a lot of tasks that are $1,000 tasks. 
that just need to get done that the community is identifying that need to get done. And we're really well positioned to do that. We're in a position, we have, we have some funding already. We're going to be probably doing a bounty a week that we'll release. And there's a way for people to sort of turbocharge those bounties with additional donations. And we'll sort of let the market find that place where that particular task is attractive enough to a developer to pick up and, and execute and benefit from. And, you know, just talk about an amazing way to learn this platform. Like, you're not going to get rich doing any of these bounties, but you're going to get paid to learn the systems and to learn how it all works. So we think those are great ways to achieve, you know, not only the scientific discovery portion of our mission, but also the education portion of our mission. Before we move on to the rest of the functions that IC Devs aims to fulfill, I wanted to go back and talk about the chunking of computation, because this is something that I understand must be a thing, but I don't really know much about it because we have blocks and there has to be a limited amount of computation per block, maybe. And I hear people talk about the limitations of the internet computer, and I figure it has to center around how much computation can be executed during the creation of a block. Is that correct? That's correct. And, you know, the internet computer is so much more scalable than Ethereum and many other platforms out there that it's for most tasks for simple CRUD, you know, create, update, delete database like tasks, you're not really going to run into this. Now, if you get, you know, a million records in your database and you need to do an index scan, you're in big trouble because you can't scan through that much data inside of one block. If you're trying to process an image and it gets above a certain size, you can't look at every single pixel in that image inside of one block before you run out of cycles. And so you have to write software in a way that understands that and can continue, can stop and continue the next block. Now, I think that there are probably some down the road innovations in the internet computer that will allow longer running processing, but nobody's talking about doing it tomorrow. And so we're going to have to get through a period of a couple or a few years here, maybe, where we've got the system we've got. And if we want to be productive, we have to have software that understands that paradigm. This is that awkward reality of, you know, people talk about the EVM and the WebAssembly virtual machine and have a habit of assuming that this is where the differences in execution environments stop. But the reality is that the underlying platform, how data is stored, and this block limit has a huge impact on the way that software has to be written and the way software is executed. Absolutely. And fortunately, we have Moore's Law in a lot of this. So consensus mechanisms don't get to take advantage of Moore's Law quite as much as other physical underlying systems like memory and processing power do. But it'll grow, it'll get easier, it'll get better. But if human history is any indication, as soon as you give someone some processing power, they're going to find a way to use it. You give them some memory, they're going to find a way to use it. And so, I mean, you look at some of the people talking about these 3D NFTs, they're looking at pumping in and metaverse and all of this stuff. People are going to figure out how to use all the memory, all the processing power, and want to do things in a crypto secure way inside the IC. So we got to have the methods to let them do that now, start doing that now, and Moore's Law will catch up and it'll get easier. But why wait until we have the processing power if we can approach it with the right software patterns? 
So going back to the remainder of the functions that you intend IC devs to perform, you said we've got the bounties, so this infrastructure side of things or this developer infrastructure side of things. We've got education. Are there other functions? Sure. So there's six main categories that we allocate our community fund budget towards. Education is one. So we hope to have some things coming down the pipe, like to, you know, well-structured interactive tutorials and things like that that we can build to help onboard new developers. Scientific discovery is more of this actually building stuff and creating new paradigms and pushing those out. Community building is a huge one. We would love to get to the point where we have enough resources to put our neck out there enough to organize a very large nationwide slash global conference for the internet computer. You know, I don't know what kind of plans Definity has for that. And, you know, we're in a post-pandemic world, so maybe those are a thing of the past, but they're having a pretty big one in Lisbon uh, right now for Ethereum. And I think there's room for the IC to do that over the next couple of years, and we'd love to do that and facilitate smaller gatherings as well. Standards is a huge thing, kind of that open Zeppelin type model of, hey, let's help shepherd people through this standardization process and pull together independent, neutral people that can get together and have a conversation. We already have an issue with NFT standards where you know, a couple different standards are trying to use the transfer function and it's causing collisions and headaches. So perhaps we can do some functions around that. We have shared software and services, and we're not focusing on that right now, but that would be something like when there is a public infrastructure set of canisters that need maintenance or ongoing software development. We could do that, and those are more base public infrastructure on the IC. The final pillar is de- developer advocacy inside the internet computer ecosystem. We do have the Divinity Foundation. They are very pro-developer, but they also have to keep in mind the interests of the node runners, the researchers, the businesses that are coming, and this organization is focused on developers. And so we hope to have a nice, big, fat neuron that people can follow if they're developers, and we will sort of stand up for their interests in voting in the NNS and trying to guide people on how they should vote from a developer's perspective. So those are the six areas, and we're going to you know, move our money based on where we are as an organization, where we can be the most effective across those six areas. Well, thanks. That's pretty thorough. And it sounds like you've got a solid holistic vision. I don't know, why did you choose to go the way of a foundation like this rather than what everyone else has done or many people have done, especially people with your level of credentials and go start a business of some kind? Well, you know, I have other things going on as well. And I think this is an avenue, people who want to get involved in this, this is going to be a nexus of activity. So if you want to start a business and you want to know the industry, and you want to get to know people, I think this is a great place to get involved and start having those conversations. A lot of serendipity is going to come out of this. So it's not that I'm not in favor of starting a business. It's just that this is a unique opportunity and it needs to be there and it needs to be rolling and it needs to be going. So it is a thing that you can hand from, you know, from one person to another and it can take on a life of its own and provide positive impact over years and years and years. So that's kind of why I'm here now, you know, whether or not I will be running this organization in five years, I don't know, but I know that the people who build the infrastructure over the next five years on this system are going to have a leg up on everyone else that just decides to come to the table in five years. 
So it's not a wholly... Not wholly altruistic. <laughs> not wholly altruistic. There's good reasons to be involved in an organization like this, right? I mean, all the folks that were involved in the Ethereum Foundation early, a lot of them have gone on to do other things and help found other companies and get involved in other things. So this is a piece of the puzzle in a decentralized ecosystem. And I think it's going to be a pretty powerful one. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for this extremely concise explanation, Austin. Is there anything else we should touch on before we wrap this up? Sure. So another important thing is how we distribute our funds. We are building a group that I call the Developer Advisory Committee. There are two levels of that. There are board members who are going to actually talk about those six pillars and how much cash we have and what should go where. And then we're going to submit those to a DAO-like entity that is developers. So if you're a developer and you want to be on it, we'll find a way to get you a vote and get you on it so that you can help ratify where this money goes. You can learn about that at our site, icdevs.org. And we would love to have as many developers on this as possible. You'll also get to vote on how our neuron votes for these big NNS votes. So we hope that it'll be a fun and interesting experiment in DAOs. And you know we're not a DAO ourselves because of some IRS and U.S. government rules. We just we have to maintain some veto authority. But in as much of a spirit of DAOs as we can within the law provide to our users and to our donors, we're going to try to do that. And so I think it'll be a really fun way to get the community involved and distribute these funds. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for joining me, Austin. You know, it's always a pleasure. We do talk periodically, but it's awesome to see that you've finally managed to get this vision that you've had for quite a while now off the ground. Yeah, super excited about it. And I appreciate the opportunity to come on and tell everybody about it. Right. All right. Take it easy, mate. All right. Thank you. The Internet Computer Weekly has a sister newsletter featuring news, project updates, interesting tidbits and reading that come up over the course of the week. Together, they are part of a larger effort at ecosystem building we are calling the Cycle DAO. Visit cycledao.xyz to subscribe and learn more.